Welcome to Love in the Time of Corona, a podcast that explores love, dating, and staying sane during a pandemic. I'm Alexa. And I'm Devin. So buckle up. So, Devin, how's your week been? It's been good, you know, um, and by good, I mean being sucked into the void of existential dread that this uh, quarantine is creating. Um, and, you know, I'll keep it short because we have a great interview coming up. But I got to say, I've been thinking a lot about nipples, Alexa. Excellent. And I blame you. And also thank you for that. So I will take over this week's weekend, not weekend update. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I will take over this week's nipple update. In my reflection on nipples, I have been thinking a lot about it, um, partially because I have a really good friend who he and I were talking, and he sent me a photo about when he was running um, a orientation at Middlebury that I had also run. And there's this great dance at the end, and he had danced so hard that his shirt chafed his nipples, and he had bled these two little bloody circles into his T-shirt, which he didn't realize until someone was like, is that body paint? And he was like, no. And it was just his bloody nipples, Um, which naturally seemed to fit into our content and what I was thinking about. Um, But more so than that, I've just been thinking a lot about um, how my nipples have functioned in my sex life over the years, Um, especially because now when there is no sex life, you, you reflect a lot. And I was really, I think, I've said on past podcasts that my nipples have never really been a part of it, but I was thinking about it, and there was one relationship I had in college um, where they weren't a major player, that the nipples were not a star of the show or this relationship, Um, but it was the first time that I'd been in a relationship where in the kind of foreplay stages there was a lot more kissing and biting around the rest of the body. And they were like an understudy, but then they had their one day of yes. debut. Like and they had their Broadway debut. They had their moments when the star yeah. was sick and yeah. they had to, you know, they had to buckle up and jump in and sing their heart out. Did they like it? And they did. They really did. And I, I was thinking more about it and thinking, I don't know why this hasn't been more. Because I know with my girlfriends and other just people I've been involved with, I seem to have always been with people who are really into their nipples being played with. Well, I also think it's it's like a more, again, like I think with women, it's like part of the sexual script, but with men, it's not. I'm gonna make a personal goal once um, physical human contact becomes a normal part of life again to try and see what happens if we rewrite the script to have the nipples back to their starring role and maybe graduate from understudy and open their own show. They're willing. But you know what? I think we could maybe think about how can we bring, um, how can we have the nip, the nips get some action in like a virtual quarantine setting? Like if you're on a virtual date with someone, oh. I don't know. Well, that would mean Something we would have to, to go on virtual about. dates for there to yes. be Yes, and we are gonna talk about that with our wonderful uh, guest, George. Um, who is brave enough to go on virtual dates. And we're really looking forward to everything he has to say about it and all the questions we can ask. And I'm excited to meet him because I don't know George. He's one of Alexa's friends, but he sounds lovely. 
So this is exciting. He is lovely, and I've never, you know, asked him about his nipples, but I'm excited for the opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get to George and his nipples, do you have a silver lining from the week you would like to share with us? Um, I do. So in my boredom, I have decided to get my TEFL certificate, Teaching English as a Foreign Language. Um, Very cool. They're having a sale, and I thought it would be a good idea, you know, try and use my brain in some capacity. So the company that I bought through is a British company, which I didn't even realize when I bought it. Um, And I didn't think it would be that big of a deal. So I was doing a unit that was on pronunciation, and you had to click where the... uh, not the accent was the emphasis was i guess on the word what's the word what's that word <laughs> the, not the accent were you uh not accentuate god what's the word i'm really enjoying you struggling with this what is the word uh i really can't remember i can only think in greek tonos <laughs> like the tone anyway fine so where that is in the word so for the example they gave us the word aluminum in American English, we say aluminum, but in British, oh, it's aluminium. aluminium. So I had to do this whole unit in an English accent, speaking out loud to get these <laughs> answers right. <laughs> because every time I would say them in my accent, I would get the question wrong. <laughs> so I was sitting there like, the boy went on a walk and, and it, my dad looked at me not that me talking in an accent is, you know, <laughs> surprising to anyone who I live with. Yeah. Um, but it was funny. I also am playing Animal Crossing, and I don't know if anyone is listening, uh, plays Animal Crossing. Everyone should be playing this game. It's a wonderful way to spend uh, the long hours of the day. But I named my island Elton Isle because I'm an old oh, gay man. My heart. And my character's name is Amarina, and I love her. And I had seen before that you could upload pictures onto your island, that there's this, you know, way to convert pictures to make it on the Animal Crossing platform setting. Fine. And I'm technologically inept. I've accepted that part of my life. I don't strive to get better. It's fine. So I couldn't figure it out for like a week. But yesterday, I finally had my Eureka moment, and I figured it out, and I've uploaded pictures of Elton John all over my island, including my flag, and you can upload a picture and make it into, um, like, a painting on an easel. So I'm going to make a museum, well, an exhibit of Elton throughout the years. I already have a museum on my island. Elton throughout the years. (laughs) And it is just a truly insane place to spend my time uh and i'm rich in fruit and if anyone wants to come visit my island i would love to have visitors i have i think all the fruit shout out to dan alavi my old family friend who let me come to his island and steal pears and cherries i know i sound insane but i have to say this is my new real life that is yeah we need to do what we have to do. I mean, I will say, while I don't think I'm going to take the Animal Crossing plunge, I do intend to buy Pokemon Shield you at should. some point. Um, because Partially because it just seems like a good game, and also because I wasn't allowed to have it as a child. So this is a 
big fuck you to my uh, control from my Meet childhood. Ether. <laughs> Wait, Meet Ether, and all I ever wanted was a Pokemon game and a dog. Yes. We're working on that, but a Pokemon game. And Lisa rightfully knew I would get addicted, and when I found out that I was leaving Greece when my program was abruptly suspended, um, I texted her. I said, I'm coming home uh, the day after tomorrow. Please order me Pokemon Sword for my Switch. And she did because she felt so bad for me. And my first week of quarantine in the basement, I beat that game. And I have to say it was, well, it wasn't my $60. It was mommy $60. But it was, <laughs> it was, it was a great week. Maybe the best week of my life. I'm, I'm very happy. I'm, I mean, I, I wasn't allowed to have it or Pokemon cards because um, my parents believed that any form of um, aggression or violence should not be promoted. And that, that, of course, went out the window when my younger brother was born and he was allowed to have everything. But I have this very clear memory of I had a friend on the bus gave me Pokemon cards and I was so excited about it. And then my parents took them and I didn't see them for years until no. I, they were returned to me. And oh my God, Devin, of course you're damaged. <laughs> <laughs> of the hundreds of things my parents did right, um, this is a, a dark spot on the... I, I was allowed to have Pokemon cards and I actually still have the binder of them underneath my dresser in a uh, um, Aladdin suitcase, which I don't know why we have. Um, I couldn't play the Pokemon games, but I had the cards, and I'm waiting until I'm 100 years old to bring my binder to Antiques Roadshow. Yes. See, I have, I now have many Pokemon cards, because when my brother was allowed to start collecting them, I, like, I went in on it as well, so I could be a part of it. Um, which was that, I can't remember how old I was. I was in middle school. But you were too old. I was in middle school. I wasn't too old. We're both playing the, well, I will be playing the games. You're already playing the game. We're not too I old. I beat the game. You beat the game. I'm sorry. But I, I think, like, for me, the Pokemon is, like, it's nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Playing the game isn't, it's not, I mean, I can be an 11-year-old boy, but um, it's not because it's the best game ever. It's just, it kind of makes me feel like a kid again. Mm-hmm. And it's focusing on, you know, obtaining my water badge is a much better thing than focusing on how many coronavirus cases are in New Jersey. You know, so I I think it's like another good thing to to get your mind off of all the shit that's going on. And I think ultimately that's what Pokemon does for you. I like it. Well, before we go down any further Pokemon tangent, one that I'm sure we'll return to once I have the game and we can talk in length. Oh, I will say, speaking about in length, uh, my little silver lining before we go to George is um, I'm working on a podcast for the school that I work for. And so they provided me with a new microphone. And as Alexa can confirm, the microphone looks like a chode. It's a. Well, you said it looked like. I said it looked like a dick. And, and then I said it looked like a chode. And so now which none of you can see again because this is a podcast when I lean in to talk at the microphone, it looks like I'm about to give my microphone a blowjob. And Ew. that's, I don't know, maybe it's on brand. We'll figure it out. Well, I'll make sure to share a photo of the microphone once this episode goes up so everyone can agree or disagree with our observation. But without any further ado, we will now go to our lovely interview subject, George. 
Yes. So a brief overview on George. George is like my brother. He is a wonderful family friend. He is a European now living in the great state of New Jersey, and he loves New Jersey. Um, George is extremely handsome. He is half Italian, half Greek, has these beautiful eyes. He really is so handsome, yet he has these insane dating stories and has really terrible luck dating, like hilarious luck. Because when you look at him, you'd think any American woman would swoon over his good looks, accent, EU citizenship. You know, he really checks so many boxes, but he has a slew of, of dating mishaps that really could be its own podcast. Um, and George is a brave soul who has jumped into the world of virtual dating, uh, which is why we're having him on because I refuse and Devin has not yet, even though he will. Um, so without further ado, let's bring George onto the show. Hey, George. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Alexa. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. We are so excited to have our first interview because we know everyone's had enough of Alexa and I just talking at each other now for two episodes. So very exciting, George. Thank you for coming on. Um, and we're, we're just going to dive right in. Um, so Alexa, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you know George? Because George is your friend. He is. George is like my brother from another mother and father. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, George is really like my brother. Uh, we're very good family friends. Um, and George is a European transplant into New Jersey. And George will defend New Jersey, so Devin, no shit talk about <laughs> the great garden state. Yeah, no, he's really like my brother. And he's over all the time. All the time. I mean, not anymore. But George is frequently at family events, and we frequently feed him um to my grandfather who lectures at george <laughs> george george is like unfortunately willing bait for my grandfather and uh, he gets sucked into the vortex but george is definitely part of the family and i'm very excited to have him on the show fabulous well george for a moment because i now have you as a captive audience how have you survived being alexa's friend because i'm always curious how other people have done it i have my oh. own coping strategies but <laughs> <laughs> well i'll tell you uh, one is her rice fennel rice is incredible it's my, one of my favorite dishes <laughs> on this earth and uh, so that definitely helps but i have to honestly second whatever alexa said like, i do consider her family a sister in fact she wrote a lovely letter to me one time and it's on my fridge it was not a love letter. It was like, it was like a, because I don't know how Devin, you were going to take that. Right. <laughs> not a love letter. Absolutely. That would be weird if we were brothers and sisters that she sent me a love letter. So no. I mean, Platonic. New Jersey Platonic. guys. I don't know. <laughs> so I know it's, it's, an, it's a privilege to know her because Alexa is incredibly smart, driven, and yes. funny. I think every time she speaks, she makes me laugh, but her sense of humor is sophisticated and see Devin was gonna think that George is gonna insult me but instead he's saying a slew of compliments yeah I'm sorry, Devin. George is gonna say anything bad about me it's okay. so Devin you're not getting anything out I you're not getting anything out George <laughs> I had to try thank you George I know <laughs> you had to try it, it I knew from the heart George is on my team totally 
Well, I I tried my <laughs> one approach for some good Alexa darkness, but here we are. Oh, George, I mean, George definitely has content on me. Don't get, you know. Oh, yeah, I definitely have some stories, but I think, uh, so I'm happy to, you know, if the opportunity uh, arises, but uh, they're all great, <laughs> but they're all great stories. So they make Alexa who she is, a very yes. unique, a uniquely talented and capable individual. Well, I look forward to hearing them. And I mean, you know, before I make myself sound like a complete asshole, it is an honor to know you, Alexa. But um, I also, I feel like I, I slot into a nice, um, even though, I think, are we the same age? Are we? Me? And you? Yeah. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even though we are the same age, I feel like I slot into the shit-talking younger brother kind of zone of things. And yeah, I don't I know. I like the annoying kid brother. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for that. So I'm like the grandfather of this conversation because I'm 32. Uh, you guys are then, remind me, uh, your age, Alexa? I'm physically 23. I'm emotionally 35. Right. <laughs> and I am, I'm 24 and physically 72. So, wow. Okay. All right. Well, okay. I'm, I am uh, physically 32 and emotionally sometimes uh, younger. <laughs> so we have a nice hodgepodge of, of ages here. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> well, lovely. Um, so before I derail us into any further tangents, um, we can bring back to this online dating stuff, which is why primarily we have you here. Um, and so I'm just curious, how did you how did you choose to get into the virtual dating stuff with this lockdown? So I had started virtual dating a couple of years ago, and I had started with the, the first app, which was Tinder. But then I realized pretty quickly that it just wasn't attracting the type of people that I was interested in meeting. Your and, bio uh, was also horrific. He wrote. Oh, yes. That's right. <laughs> he I've showed us trouble. his Tinder. Sorry, I'm interrupting. Nope. And Please. he wrote fitness, look like love, quality beer and coffee, like looking <laughs> to have fun. And my sister and I were like, George, you're asking for a one night stand. Yeah, I mean, Devin, you'll you'll find out that my uh, history of uh, profile has been a history of hidden misses, to be honest. Uh, just when I think I've gotten it right, I just get devastating feedback from Alexa, from my brother, just from every, anybody that looks at it. And uh, <laughs> But I've tried to help myself over the years by actually looking at, you know, using the apps that tend to uh, attract the people that also would like something meaningful uh, because, you know, I'm, I'm not on the lookout for one-night stands. And so I've been trying to do that for a couple of years now, and uh, it's been working okay to be honest nothing nothing uh crazy to be honest i still haven't accomplished the goal of sort of long-term dating and i kind of was the last couple of months i'd stepped back so pre-pandemic i'd stepped back from virtual dating i just was in a period of my life where i was just going out with friends and trying to meet people in person but then the lockdown took place and now now i'm in my sixth week and i realized that you know we're not going to meet people in person and i started reading some articles about how dating is sort of changing during the lockdown. It's almost like going back in time to how previous generations to do it, which is you have kind of a longer courtship where you're just talking, right? Maybe it's just on the phone as well. And because you don't have permission to go out. And so I thought, okay, and I've been reading all these articles about how we're kind of taking back that approach from older generation. I thought maybe this could be the time to give online dating a second chance. And so that's how I, I started again. 
And do you think that, you know, for you personally, with your track record of phys- like dates, it's mm-hmm. easier to do virtual dates than have to go out in person and meet someone? Like, for example, you won't uh, lose your car. Lose your car? <laughs> oh, Devin, you're about to get a window into the George dating life. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna get comfortable. It goes, it goes uh, please do. And... You know, this story about the car is, I think it just speaks volumes of who I am as a person, as some, you know, sometimes just highly prone to uh, mistakes. And so this was, uh, I've taken a girl on a date in New York City, and I'd driven in from New Jersey, so doing the whole bridge and tunnel thing. And uh, I parked the car somewhere near the, the bar. And this was around, <laughs> like, this was like dead of winter, so it, it's cold outside. And you know, the, my date shows up not dressed appropriately uh, for the the season, and I thought nothing of it because I was planning on driving her back home afterwards. My car is nearby, and so it shouldn't be a problem. Turns out that was a very big problem because I ended up losing my car. I don't know where I parked it, and I and so this is the second date. I want to make a good impression. I thought I had up until that point in time, but then I realized. You know, this sort of, I was engulfed by fear, like, oh my goodness, I can't find my car. I'm going to look like a complete idiot here. And I did. I did come across as a complete idiot because we started walking around in circles and we're both <laughs> very cold. This is, you know, this is a you know, heavy, you know, basically this was dead of winter. And I gave her my jacket to kind of, I think I gave her my jacket. I tried to be a gentleman. Maybe she rejected her from, I think. Oh, uh, no. I, yeah, it was sort of like she wanted, she didn't. For whatever reason, she didn't feel like she needed, and I was hoping that we'd find the car eventually, but we just kept on going around in circles, and I have a problem with my hands. They go numb very fast. I started getting numb hands as well, so I started getting really cold, even though I thought I was properly dressed. So this is going on for like a good 45 minutes, and like my car is nowhere to be found. And so I thought, okay, what do I do? I call Volkswagen. I I have a Volkswagen car. I have this app that is able to let you find the car, but for whatever reason, I hadn't. I think the app had malfunction. I called Volkswagen and they said, sorry, we cannot find your car. Uh, and so I said, okay, what do we do now? So I saw a police car and I approached the cops and I said, officers, I, I, I can't find my car. And their first question was, sir, are you drunk? Are you trying to drive drunk? I was like, no, 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 no. This is, I, you're, that is a fair question to ask, but I am not drunk. I just cannot find my car. So they asked, you know, they were actually courteous. They said, listen, give us your license plate, describe it to us, and give us your number. And so he started doing loops around the block to try to see if they can find my car. And, uh, and now, you know, all this time, I'm trying to retrace my steps. Like, did I park it there? Like, you know, trying to remember my head, you know, where had I, you know, where are the landmarks around it, right? And eventually, after about an hour, Walking around, we are both numb. She's clearly pissed off. Oh I find I would the have car. Left. That's the thing. I also thought, like, I was telling her throughout, like, listen, please leave. You know, please take a cab, go back home. And to her credit, she stayed. She stood with me in this oh adventure. And eventually, we find the car, and uh, I drop her off. Where home. was it? Was it really far it, away? It was a block away. God, I don't know how I did this. I called my George. dad after, the day after. He's like. My goodness, my son, what have I done to you? What have I done with you? How are you like this? It was a block away. I think I just got, I just got, uh, I think
think I just got over in the moment. You know, you don't, you start because there's a there was a girl with me. You know, you kind of get a little bit uh, overwhelmed by the situation. You get a bit frazzled, and I just stopped thinking properly. Yeah. So I found the car, I dropped her off, and I'll let you guess whether that was the last time I saw her. Hint, it was the last time I saw that girl. <laughs> and uh, and then, but the, you know what? The saving grace of the night was, I receive, a, I get a call after I drop her off. It was the cops. They were checking in on me. They're like, sir, we still can't find your car. Have you had any luck? And I said, officer, I have, and thank you for your call. It made my night. Thank you. Uh, so at least that was a saving grace of the night. So that is the story of the forgot the lost car. <laughs> and this this story made you know was making the rounds in our circle. I think George called his father. His dad called my dad. My dad called us down for a family meeting to recount this story. We were howling. Then we called George. So this is a. This is one of my favorite George stories. So now you don't have to deal with losing your car on these virtual dates, which is a silver lining, I think. Yes, and the, another thing is they allow for a, I, I, I found that they allow for a level of conversation that is, that, that is new, that is different than in-person. Because you can't, a lot of times when you go on in-person dating, there's, there's some physicality to it, right? Even body, you're looking at body mm -hmm. language, you embrace perhaps in the beginning, at the end of the night, goodbye kiss. And, you know, there's a physicality to the whole experience from the get-go, which you don't have with virtual dating. And I think that kind of opens up an opportunity to have deeper conversations. And I've actually really enjoyed that. And I've gotten to know the people I've spoken with quite well. Now, granted, I haven't been on many dates uh, virtually, but the ones that I have been on, yeah, have have sort of allowed um, I mean, to have deeper conversations. So I've, I've quite enjoyed it. Did you give a virtual so kiss to any of them? I have not, no. And uh, I've only, <laughs> to be honest, it's, <laughs> it's been over today because that, that's the thing, you know, they haven't been romantic, I have to say, or at least as romantic as dates uh, that are in person. Just because I don't think this the virtual forum lends itself to romanticism. I think it lends itself more to more just intellectual stimulating conversation which maybe some people are put off maybe it's the people that i'm speaking to perhaps that are not put off by this but uh, i i quite enjoy that aspect of it right i almost see that as part of the courtship you really get to know the person uh, at a deeper level just to see if you are truly compatible because you know i've been on dates where you know Devin, one thing uh, you don't know about me is that i'm a i'm big into the environment mm -hmm. And oh, you know, waste management is one of my favorite oh my god yeah. He texted a girl, like, paragraphs and paragraphs about recycling. So this was a few months ago. I went on a date, and I ended up speaking about waste management for an hour. That was also the last time I saw her. And uh, I just thought, you know, I, I thought it was a good, I thought it was a good day because she mentioned she likes recycling, and I thought that was an invitation to basically go on a rampage of an hour talking about the implications of waste management policies in the residential communities. Turns out that was not what she was looking for. So, yeah, but then what I found in online dating is that you, you do have a bit of a longer runway to actually have this conversation and tease them out a bit more because I think people are, I don't know, I think they're just more open to just richer conversations because people are looking for that, uh, you know, that stimuli, that stimuli, those stimuli because they're not, they're closed at home, they're not able to go out and see their friends in the same way. And I think it kind of makes them a bit more open. And I think by being more open, you're able to get a kind of a bigger window into their lives, which I think is good. It's good. So, 
it is good because it sets up, it's, I think it sets you up for success because you know, a lot of these dates that I'm talking about you know, are, are probably with women that I wouldn't be successful in the long term. You know, because if you don't like waste management, we're going to have some trouble in the long term. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good, it's good to have the tests that you can rely on in the beginning. <clears throat> That's George's litmus test. Do you there we like go. waste Thank management? You. Litmus. I couldn't think of litmus test. Oh, my God. I, I just actually have... do. do like, there are certain things that are breaking points for me. So, for example, if you're a climate change denier, Either you're gonna, you know, that's a that's a big problem for me, right? Like I'm, I mean, unless you're willing to listen to me and learn from a different perspective and actually change your opinion, fine, that's one thing. But if you are just stubborn and mm. not, you know, willing to accept science, that, that's a breaking point. And I think these conversations that are longer, like I had a date the other day, four hours, right? Just talking, Ooh. and it was amazing. It was a Friday night, and we were just talking. We were supposed to watch a movie actually. So I was also, I've been talking to some of my other guy friends and getting advice on what they're doing. So some people are doing dinner dates where they're ordering food for each other and eating in front of the camera. I don't want to be seen eating. I think that's weirdly sexual. I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, so I've been thinking maybe watch a movie night. Maybe like, you know, those, like Netflix has an extension that allows you to watch a movie together. Yeah, So yeah. I thought that was our plan. Instead, we ended up talking for four hours. And you know what? It was four hours that was well spent. I really enjoyed it because we talked about so many topics. And you know, in those four hours, you you have a chance to really see, okay, do we do, do they pass the limits test? You know, do you get to those breaking points? And maybe if you do, can you talk through them? You have the time to kind of talk through them and see if you guys can find common ground. You're not going to be completely compatible with everybody or in all ways, but I think there's certain fundamentals that you need to that you need to have in common. And so I'm finding, uh, yeah, virtual dating to to actually uh, provide that kind of the, the appropriate platform for those for these types of conversations. Well, yeah, and especially for you because you're you're a very intense talker, and I think that you can have these intense conversations with someone, and not, and you don't have to go out for a drink. Like you can just talk to someone for an hour about waste management or about um, the importance of voting, and if they're not on board, then it's like an easy no. Correct. Exactly. It's funny you mentioned intensity because my brother always tells me you're too intense. You've got to scale it down. Waste management is a no-go on the first date, at least, right? Like he always tells me these, like the intensity doesn't always work. But at the same time though, like if you can find someone, like I've been desperate to try to find someone that is actually, uh, that actually wants that intensity, right? That welcomes mm -hmm. it, right? That doesn't know, that doesn't see it as something to put up with. It's like it's one of the reasons why um, Alexa is a very close friend of mine and I consider her a, a sister is because we feed off each other's intensity. Like Alexa is also an intense individual and uh, you know we i enjoy that i enjoy that intensity because it just makes everything feel more alive you know when we're together there's an energy to our exchanges and which i'm you know i'd love to find in a, in a romantic partner and and so to your point alexa it's a great way these platforms allow and not you just to, a platonic partner just not a platonic partner although we did say <laughs> that if we're still single in 30 or 40 years then we can get like a cabin together is that still in the is that still in the book well, yeah it is, I mean, the thing is, since I'm never dating again, I'm under the impression now, like, I mean, I'm ne I'm never going on a date again. Um, I've always wanted to have a commune with my friends, and I think now is the perfect time to, like, start planning a self-sufficient commune. Um, so, George, you should just join the commune. I mean, I'm really, like, I, th I think it's very admirable that you're going out on these dates because uh -huh. I... I mean, I just cannot be bothered. I don't want to talk to anyone who I don't know. I don't care. Like, 
You guys are both single at the moment, right? Yes. Yeah. You I'm single. And... Devin is single, but obviously because he's Devin, you know, really. <laughs> I mean, have but... you guys tried the virtual dating? No, I refuse. And that that's where we're different, is that I... So I background on me, George. I was in a year and a half long relationship um, until a couple months ago. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, thank you. It, it's okay. It was a lot of things happening at once, um, but it, it was a tough couple of weeks when it was breakup. No, my dad had surgery, breakup. I had to give finals, and then the virus hit, and I was like, "Well, fuck. This is this is fun. We're doing well." <laughs> but I am much more open to the trying of the virtual dates than Alexa. Um, and as Alexa keeps reminding me, I will be the guinea pig for all things on this podcast because I'm the one who's like, yeah, I'll try it. I'll go do that. Um, and she'll sit back and just ask me about it. But I'm definitely you know, interested in this as well because I've been thinking about it and thinking about trying it out in some way, shape or form, because I also... Um, I tend to get rolling in conversations. My my litmus test is usually film related because I am an enormous film nerd. So, you know, it I like that I like what I'm hearing about how it could be these really great conversations because that's it's what I love also and I think the idea of trying it out could be a lot of fun. In fact, you know, I like thought you were going to say that's what I love also about Alexa, but okay, it's fine. Yes, <laughs> Well, what you mentioned earlier is that you you kind of hinted at this is that like this could be in terms of embracing this platform, I actually think that post-pandemic, and I've been doing a lot of thinking about, you know, what is the what are the behaviors that are going to persist beyond the lockdown, right? And I think these virtual dates might continue because they're a useful screener, right? You're doing from the safety mm. of your home, and you don't necessarily have to, you know, the commuting, the dressing up. I mean, yeah, you have to look nice. I mean, I looked like a caveman before my first date, and that was actually motivation to actually look a little <laughs> bit better. But I, you know, I, I wasn't fully groomed. I was like half groomed, you know, yeah. a notch above caveman. And um, I, I can see how these, even in a period outside of lockdown, could be useful. I think I, I would do it, to be honest. I would continue to have these at the beginning, at least, at least as a first date. Yeah. I, just, I think that idea of a screener is so interesting, too, because I think of like, you know, going on first dates and you walk in, you have no idea. You have no idea what's going on in this kind of virtual date, especially I imagine for people who have had um, bad experiences on dates, that kind of safety and having that opportunity can be really great. Yeah, I mean, I, on one hand, I do see the benefit because it definitely would have spared me some like awful dates I've been on. But I also think that the screeners does kind of like take away from the, the excitement maybe of a first date, like the going to the unknown and meeting someone who you actually like the screeners it kind of feels like making it a business which i feel like online dating is um in a way but it def a screener would spare me <laughs> would have spared me from some unfortunate dates now funny stories but unfortunate dates and it would also give me an opportunity to check out someone's mouth before george you know i have a thing with mouths have I told you? But that's my litmus test, a weird mouth. Have I gone you, on a rant to you about this? Can you remind me? I feel like you've gone on a lot of rants in the past with me. So just refresh my memory. <laughs> Happily. <laughs> Happily. Well, it's not just, so one, thin lips are like a definite, definite no-go. Like a mouth, <laughs> like a face that turns into a mouth. Like, you know, super thin lips. I just find like revolting. But it's not just lips. It's like the whole mouth as an entity. 
some people have a weird some people have a smile like a jeffrey tambor smile when they smile it, it looks like they're frowning like i find that weird um <laughs> sometimes um just like the way their mouth moves like i don't really know how to explain right. it but the mouth is like the first thing i see and i'm abnormally judgmental about people's mouths and i know that they can't really help it but like crooked teeth don't necessarily bother me but you know some things don't necessarily bother me it's just like does your mouth work as a whole i've been on some dates where like in mm -hmm. pictures their mouth looks normal and then i meet them in person and i'm like oh fuck i have a weird mouth, mouth. and now i have to <laughs> sit here be nice for three hours before i can go run home and play with my real family the sims <laughs> I didn't, I, thank you for refreshing my memory. So it looks like we all have our litmus test and we have Alexa's mouths, Devin has Hitchhawk in movies, and I have waste management. There it is. It's our, holy, it is. It's our holy trinity of <laughs> online combination. We and should, mine we is like extremely thing. superficial. I don't know why. So George, you mentioned that you looked like a caveman before. Um, I also presently look like a caveman. Um, <laughs> Uh, you, you've made that clear to me in the past, Alexa, that you uh, are going to be putting did, very little I did shave my roaming. legs. Did you really? I did shave my legs. Yeah. Oh, it was getting too okay. itchy. That's Devin, fair. She, Alexa revealed to me a few weeks ago that she would not be shaving her legs. She's, and very openly. And that's what I love about a relationship, that there's a level of openness that some people might call TMI, but I fully embrace <laughs> uh, while squirming Agreed. on the phone. Agreed. Uh, yeah, uh, George was uh, so uncomfortable. I loved it. <laughs> And she dug in. The work of my game, she just digs it in. I love that. Uh, so you did shave, huh? What? Why did you give in? Well, first of all, it provided me with a task to complete. I find myself uh, not having many tasks to do during the day. And letting one's leg hair grow for like a month, I think. It's probably a month, which is the longest I've ever let it go. Um, it was pretty bad. So it took me a while. It was also getting pretty itchy and my uh, eczema was coming back on my legs and I was not going to deal with that. So That's I shaved. so real. I mean, I obviously don't shave my legs, but the like when if I so, George, I have um, facial hair and I've had facial hair for a long time. Same. And I don't even. I don't think I can follow that. It's not important anymore. It, you, you win. I. Uh, I concede. Oh, this is so good. Yeah. Okay, so George, I have a really practical question. Um, what happens if you have to pee during the date? Like, have you had to pee during one of these virtual dates? What do you say to the girl? Because when I'm on a real date, I have to pee all the time, and it kind of. Not that it's embarrassing, but. I'm revealing a part of myself that I have the bladder of a small squirrel, as Devin knows. It's uh, it's another thing we share. <laughs> I mean, I just have to pee all the time. So what do you do? What have you done? It's, it's funny you mentioned that you have a small bladder because I think I have an abnormally big bladder, so I don't need to go to the bathroom <laughs> as often as, as others. So in all, my, in all these dates that I've had, it's usually the other person that needs to excuse themselves. And so what I do they usually, say? So they'll actually say, uh, do you mind if I just quickly go to the bathroom? So it's actually very like matter of fact. And they don't even like, yeah, they don't even pretend to do something else. So 
it, they just yeah they act like they would in a in an in-person date right you go to the bathroom yeah you go to the bathroom and what i do though when i did go to the bathroom once at the same time that they left i click mute in case some, another some weird noises came out of the bathroom because i live in a studio <laughs> and the bathroom is pretty close so i just muted myself just in case you know the way the way you said <laughs> would you mind if i go to the bathroom was it was very italian your accent really came out oh they did okay <laughs> I could dial up. I could dial it up if you guys like. Uh, I'll just say being comprehensible. Miscusi, mi go to the the bathroom. No, but I mean, honestly, it wasn't. No, it's not. That's the only break. But yeah, it's that bathroom pause. It it almost allows us to like. It's almost like reset. Because even I don't know yeah. about you guys, but when I used to go on in-person dates, I always found that the bathroom break, you know, it was always the opportunity to okay, now we are Text closing an article. Well, the, yeah, exactly. Or, uh, yeah, exactly. Set up the escape route from the date or transition to another topic if the date is going well, right? Uh, so it's the same thing has happened with these where you kind of use that as a natural break for another conversation, another topic, or even to wrap things up as well. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I definitely get the, the importance of the mute, though I teaching virtually, and I live in a very tiny apartment and you can hear everything from any corner of the apartment, um, which I learned the hard way going to the bathroom during a, I had, I had my kids go out into little like small groups, but one of the kids came in late. And so I came back um, from the bathroom and he'd just been chilling there on the screen waiting for somebody to come back. And we just had this awkward moment where I was like, did you hear everything? He's like, yeah, I'm like, okay, <laughs> go talk about the also article. So, okay, so you've been on a few virtual dates, and based on a conversation we had recently, 20 minutes ago, you told us that you met someone. So can you please tell us about that? Sure. And, you know, I would like to respect their privacy, so I won't reveal uh, any, like, personal details, but... Of course. Like, not her social security number? Correct. Damn. Not her social security number. I do apologize. Um, In case you guys were looking to get into that kind of business. But, you know, so... It's a person you know that I met uh, a couple weeks ago, and we've been now on you know several you know virtual dates, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. You know, I've really enjoyed getting to know her. And again, it goes back to what we talked about the platform just kind of being conducive to kind of deep conversations. And you know, when you meet somebody that is open to it, that to me is a it can be an explosive combination, right? Because you're on the right platform, the digital, with the right person that wants to engage in deeper conversations. And it's been great. I mean, you know, the this is the person that I spoke with for four hours on Friday. And we, you know, our conversation kind of honestly, Alexa, they kind of remind me of our conversation when I'm home with uh, with you and your sister and your parents. And we talk about everything from politics to travel to, you know, listening to you, you know, with your your, your comedy and uh, culture, you know, history. You know, we talk about so many topics and it's it's riveting and uh, I, it, it kind of, yeah, these conversations I've had with her kind of resemble that dynamic. And I'm just finding him very energizing and just very, yeah, very engaging. And um, That's I, I'm hopeful. I'm actually quite hopeful, uh, guys. Now, the, the only problem with that is now that I'm hopeful, I kind of do want to go do the in-person thing now, right? Because, yeah. you know, virtual can only take you so much. And I guess maybe that was going to be one of your questions, a follow-up is, you know, how does this evolve, right? Because... You know, virtual, these platform is great. You know, conversations are great. But at some point, we're human beings. We thrive on social interactions. 
and in person. So that's sort of the thing I've been thinking about right now, right? How do you evolve that? Yeah. Are, is she in New Jersey or is she in New York? I'm happy to announce that New Jersey for once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can you imagine? That... I was, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised, to be honest. Wow. Ugh, we love New Jersey. We love, we love Jersey girls. We love it. Yes. And we love that you don't have to go into New York because honestly, New York City is kind of scary right now. And you don't want to date anyone. You don't want to go into the right. city. Yeah. So, Devin, for that bit of context that Alex was referring to, I've been basically before pandemic going on dates with people from New York, so mm. Manhattan and Brooklyn. And it was a it was a trek, especially I tried to have a relationship with somebody that lived in Manhattan on the east side and coming from Jersey to the east side on a weeknight, especially with the traffic, you know, into the tunnel, it was just a nightmare. So I was just, it was a nice thing that this person lives in the same state. Yeah. Especially a wonderful state. Yes, <laughs> yes I would. Oh, there are oh, nice oh, parts. I mean, you, absolutely, I, absolutely. I, where, especially where you live, it's a beautiful place. One of my favorite places of the state. I mean, I... I do owe New Jersey an incredible debt for bringing yeah, and me George to Yeah, and George has lived Alexa. all over Europe. <laughs> I have, you're right. Jersey does. And you know, Silver yeah. Springsteen. Yes, that's right. There are, there are good things, you know, about the, Jersey. About the state. Um, okay, so you've been on a few virtual dates. And do you find that there is, you know, you mentioned before that in-person dates are more conducive to like romantic situations with this uh, woman you've been talking to. Have there been hints of romance? Have you said anything romantic? Has she, or is it just, you know, four hours of intense George conversation? Like, have you tried to be flirty? That is an excellent question. And, and it is one that my brother would love to hear me answer because- Because I'm like reminding you, you need to flirt with them. Yes, that's <laughs> funny. My brother said the same thing yesterday. I was calling him from the car. I told him, listen, I can you give you some tips. He's like, oh God, again with this. Just be romantic. Don't talk about waste management. And um, so, yes, because I was getting prepared just to have, you know, just to kind of get his thoughts. And yeah, so I, that's the thing. You know, I have a romantic deficit. I'm just not good at romance. I, I just found that, yeah, I just, I don't know where that I get that. Um, I think, you know, that my Greek side, you know, I'm Devin, I'm half Greek, half Italian. And I think for my Greek side, we're just not, yeah, we're just not into romance, you know? And, mm. and so I've had to but, learn it at a, at a late stage. So I'm, I'm trying to Greek trouble. men, Greek men, George, are notoriously like, yeah. yes, but, they say everything. Uh, do, yeah, also, like, other get... than my hairy back, I'm not really that Greek. <laughs> so. I know, but George, you need to embrace like the Greek kind of Greek men say everything you want to hear just to get to your parents and then they don't text you back. So you need to kind of like call on that side of you. Just that like, that, it's not really romantic. Maybe you shouldn't call upon the Greeks. But well, yeah, well, yeah, the, the maybe Greeks and Italians, they have a way that I just don't subscribe to because they're quite aggressive and I, you know, I'm always- They're very aggressive. I try to be, res I try to be respectful. I, don't, I never want to be, I never want to play, put a woman in an uncomfortable position. And so unfortunately that also means that I hold back. So for example, I, I never kiss on a first date on the mouth. Yeah. And I yeah. told that on the mouth, where a, then? Um, on, well, I kiss on the cheeks. 
Say, so is this some really? John and Egret in the cave, Game Maybe of Thrones? Sometimes on the forehead. On the calf? On the forehead? <laughs> no, not on the forehead. No, oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. I was like, this is why you're single. <laughs> Can you imagine if I just if my thing was to kiss on a forehead? That, that's that when would... your earlier I'm the grandfather of this conversation really comes through. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's very true. No, I'll do the... <laughs> I'll do the cheeks. The the European too. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. Because I've been primed. You know, we are primed in Europe to have that type of physical interaction, even with males. I'll kiss my dad on the on the cheeks, for example, right? And uh, you know, in the U.S., God forbid you kiss a guy on the cheeks, right? You got to go for the bro hug. God, everyone uh, is so fragile. Very <laughs> bad. And I just don't understand that, right? Like I I, I want to embrace you, right? So mm -hmm. so because I don't but I don't need, I don't do the kiss on the lips for the first time on the first date. And I actually had a conversation with a female colleague a few months ago, and she told me that some women might even perceive that as a, perceive that as a lack of interest, which was surprising to me. Because on the yeah, first we had date, a conversation about this. That's right. Yeah, we've also exchanged, right? And where did you fall on that, by the way? Um, I fell on um, the, it depends on, it depends how the date went for me. So like, I've had a few dates that I've been on that have been really good and there was a kiss on the first date and for me it was like okay this was a mutual this was a good date um but then interesting the last date I went on in Greece a few I don't know weeks ago um the first date I went on with this guy he didn't kiss me and I was talking to my Greek friends about it and it was fine it was just like the the two kiss on the cheek and my Greek friends were like, ah, that is very respectful. This is a sign that he likes you, and it was respect. So maybe it was a cultural thing. Um, uh, the guy also drove a motorcycle, and I got on a motorcycle, which is extremely hard to believe. <laughs> I remember that, yes. Yeah. And you know, I went, I had dinner, like, a few days later with George's father, because we would go out to dinner. And uh, I told him that. And he just kind of shook his head in disappointment. It was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> that will be my, something he's my like, dad would do. A Greek, he's like, a Greek man with a motorcycle. He's like, come on. I didn't have the heart to tell him he also smoked because I think that was going to be too much for your dad. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it depends. For me, it totally depends on the date. But if I go on a really good date and there's no kiss, I'm like, at least in the States, I'm like, hmm. Yeah, because yeah, I don't have a weird mouth. I want to respect. I'm doing it like as you meant, as you alluded to earlier, like as a sign of you know respect. Like I want to, I, I I do believe in courtship, and yes, things have accelerated with our generations, right? Like you get the physical physicality much quicker, but at least a couple of dates, you know, let let go through the process, right? So, um, so I do have. So the, now the question is, how do you then bring that? You know, how how can you? have these gestures on virtually, right? So I'll give you, well, for me, for example, right now with this person that I just referred, I, I'm not seeing anybody, I don't wanna talk to anybody else right now. So I've interrupted the other con the other conversations um, because actually, and I do that because I'm interested in this person, I wanna see where it goes, right? And I think that's a sign of respect. Like I'm, that's a gesture, but she won't, I won't tell her this right now. But Yeah, but George, respect isn't flirty. Have you been flirty? You've ignored my like, question. I, my, that's the problem, you know, I do respect, I do tend to be able to do, be respectful, but yeah, the flirtiness doesn't come naturally to me. So I, I'm trying to find out, maybe you guys have some advice here 
Yeah, and... let's give George some <laughs> advice. Yes. How do I be romantic on a, on a virtual date? <laughs> do I like show you... up with my shirt off? <laughs> I don't know. Like we spoke. You could show her your hairy this, back. You know? Like my yeah, I did shave it recently though, cause I got a back shaver, so I was a godsend. No, but uh, yeah, so you guys give me some um, love to hear some tips. This is perfect. This is what we want. Romantic. All right, Devin, you should start. Let me think. Okay, I mean, I I preface this by saying I always get in the situation where I am generally a flirty person, as Alexa can attest to. It's just kind of how I interact with people, so I always get in the situation of like. How do I how do I adjust this without either being a madman <laughs> or seeming like I'm completely closed off? Um, but I feel like, I don't know, I feel like the flirting on the virtual date is like, you can just, the normal touch points of complimenting like, oh, I like what you did with your hair. Like you can do those normal things. But I also feel like with the virtual date, you get to see the inside of somebody's house a little and finding if there's something in the frame you can point out to just to show that you're paying attention to where they are and how they're set up, I feel like that could that could be good. Being as someone who has not gone on a virtual date yet, so I'm talking out of my ass, but I'm trying. I think that you should, you know, touch her on the screen and say, ooh, <laughs> your boobs feel great. And just, oh, you know, oh, or Why like caress her face. See, rest I tried. Her face on the screen. I tried. Rest her face on the screen and say, you're, oh. give her a, a virtual forehead kiss. <laughs> this could also be, this could be a place to bring, to uh, take the uh, mating call and make it a human thing. Just come up with some screeching mating display. One, the one think, thing I've been thinking you know what, about though? is, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 tell me. I was thinking about like my friends that have done long distance. I'm sure we all have friends, right, that are on the long distance and asking them, how do they do it? Because not only do they need to keep the romance, but they need to also recreate physicality virtually, uh -oh. which I, I have no idea how that would look. Yeah. But... I mean, ha being someone who has been in multiple long distance relationships, um, including the most recent one, it it's hard, man. <laughs> Can you get I think, physical I think... virtually? I mean, there, oh are, there are different... <laughs> I mean, I've done a lot of, there's, you know, doing the, um, <laughs> I don't know how much Alexa wants to hear about this. You know what? Just say it. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in a lounging position. <laughs> so you can't and... fall or faint or anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, with, mul you know, going across multiple long distance relationships so as to not specify any one person I have dated, you know, you can do things on Skype if you're trying to replicate the virtual sex situation. Um, I was a big fan of audio messages also. It has that kind of like sexting with an edge mm. feeling to it because you get the other person's voice and sometimes if you combine it with some pictures, that's, you can, you can create that physicality, I think, in that intense part of it, which you're not doing on your first virtual dates. But like, I think that <laughs> that's where I think the difference, you know, because all of my long distance relationships have been started in the same place and then situations changed and so distance was in so we but it's a, it, oh, sorry I, <laughs> i'm very concerned by all this <laughs> the thing is that you you Devin, like had a chance to be physical oh, i hate that word um in real life with these people yes and then yeah you knew you you know like yeah you that's could, the I difference guess, play off of that 
our friend George, you know, only knows her virtually. So, like, my thing is, what are you going to say to someone if you're trying to not even do those kinds of activities, but just, I don't know, something? Like, try and go to second base? Like, you can't have a fun PG-13 makeout, which is super underrated, uh-huh. virtually. So, I do think that George is in a... It's a predicament. It is a predicament. I do think that some of the best compliments I have received are just about my personality. So, if you really like talking to her, you know, tell her that. And just, you know, be honest and, and say that you look forward to their conversations. But not in the George way, George. In, like... Like, don't be so intense about it. But you just say, like, <laughs> I I love talking to you. You can say I love talking to you or I love our conversations. Just don't say I love you. You know, you can say I love yeah, our don't, conversations. Yeah, don't jump the gun. <laughs> right? You no, can say, yeah, like, exactly. I love our conversations and I really look forward to them and I'm really happy to see your face. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'm, my God. If someone said that to me, I'd melt. Wow. Happy to just see kidding. your face. Just kidding. I'm a statue. I mean, listen. No, I, mean, I mean, in my defense, though, just to... I have sort of, I've made it clear that I really enjoy our conversation and we've also texted like, you know, it's really nice, really enjoyed the, we, we use nice, like nice set of words, pleasant words to describe our interactions. So maybe there's already some of that already happening, but the question is, you know, how do I, how do you dial that up? Right. And, and, and I guess that's the challenge, right? Uh, maybe I could do a little bit more of what you're describing, Alexa. And, you know, Devin, you're describing, you know, long distance again, it's things where you know, who knows how long this will last, yeah, yeah. Will last right. And, that's what's going to be the most interesting, right? That evolution. Because mm-hmm. I think this is sustainable for a certain period of time. But then, you know, basic instincts kick in. And then you have to decide what to do. You could say, like, oh, I wish I could kiss you or something. Yeah, and that you, would be a good. You know, oh, and see how she, resp- see how she yeah, responds to that. And yeah. if she responds, yeah. you know, well, then I don't know. You can yeah. see where that goes. and. If she doesn't respond well, or if she doesn't respond so enthusiastically, you can just go back to waste management. So I think that... <laughs> but a I palate think, cleanser, if you will. Pal- oh my God. I think that you need to start, start kind of like pushing it there, but like, if you want to, very lightly, but you do need to not just tell her that you like talking to her, but you need to be you know, more personal and add that bit of romance to it because you don't want, you don't want it to just be like talking to a friend or, or, or friend zone her if you like her in a romantic way. Yeah. And I feel like in this situation where conversation is, is everything just openness in conversation is so important and openness about this with, how you're feeling. I feel like if you're going on a few more dates and you're really enjoying each other's company and talking to each other and being around each other, just bring up the fact that you're thinking about how do we go forward with this and how do we handle these things? Because I feel like so much of dating is just fumbling around when people are feeling the same way and not telling each other that you're feeling the same way about something. And that could be just as simple as, I want to see how we make this more romantic, but I don't know how to do that. And I feel I believe that having that clarifying conversation mm-hmm. is going to be really fruitful because you that way aren't just guessing all the time. And when you have See. only virtual dating and you can't get any more cues around how you're interacting, I feel like it's a new set of rules 
But I worry that if George has a conversation about being romantic, it's going to be extremely unromantic. That's my my fear as well, to be honest. No, that's my fear. So I really discouraged George from saying, how do we make this more romantic? Which is why I really think George, you should say, if you're talking to her, if you're, you know, Zooming or whatever with her, after a while talking, you just say, I wish I could kiss you. I wish I could even hug you, like something and see how she responds. And that's your way of saying, hey, I'm, I want this to be more romantic and then see how she responds. But please do not say, ask her how to make this more romantic because it's just going to totally kill the mood. And I'm sure your brother will agree with me when he listens to this. I'm sure he's nodding right now. See, I don't mean have a conversation like in the moment. (laughs) How do we make this moment more romantic? But just like as things as things are going on. No, but George will do that. I know George. (laughs) No, listen, I mean, Devin, you're 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 coming from a good place. It's just that I would. Yeah, I am. the, I would not be able to implement your advice in a (laughs) fair, fair way. But I get where you're coming from, because you I think open conversations are necessary because like eventually, as this thing evolves, like yeah, you can be spontaneous, but also you need to be a you know it takes it a tango. So you need to really like have a collaborate to try to keep this moving forward. Otherwise, you might hit a wall because you can only talk so much, you know, virtually. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then you become friends, basically, right? Because then you realize, oh, we have so much in common, but we're not kissing each other, we're not being physical. Okay, well, I guess we're in friend territory, and you might get stuck in there. You might not, but you might get stuck. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but. It's certainly not my, I wouldn't want that. I'd like to have the friendship as well as the romance. So I agree with both so, of you actually that I think I might, I, I'll take you up on your suggestion, Alexa, is that I'll definitely throw that in there. And uh, and then as for you, Devin, I definitely, I'm thinking of, definitely thinking of that collaborative conversation, right? To try to how to keep this moving in the positive direction. But But after you've established, like, yes, there is a romantic connection, like the conversation. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. Is, because then, because I did hear our wonderful governor, Phil Murphy, there, <laughs> there are like plans to slowly reopen the state. So probably by the summer, if things are going well, you're going to see her. And closer to when the state reopens and you can see each other, you know, then if that romantic foundation is there a little bit, then you can have that conversation then. But start with the small romantic gestures or comments and see how it goes i think that's a good plan and george i I have one follow-up question well i think it's probably our concluding question because we've been talking a lot um (laughs) i i i want you to think about pre-pandemic uh dating uh love life all of these things um specifically about nipples and you know i have kind of been on a <laughs> i have bit i have oh. been on a bit of a, a rampage about yep I've, male I've nipples and and, like yeah nipples in general i think they're so funny this is her yeah, follow-up on our earlier nips. nipple update so i'm sorry you're yeah. getting sucked into this no, no problem. <laughs> i listened to your first episode so i i know what's coming here <laughs> my brother's looking forward to this moment um did your nips have your nips gotten action in the past or were they just an ignored part of your body was your back hair the more enticing thing 
So, my nipple specifically? Yeah. Okay. So wait, no. So no, my back here was not involved. I also don't have that much. I'm not like full on green when it comes to that. And I do groom. And so no, my back has not been a big feature. But nipples, but neither have my nipples. So no, I have not had anybody. If you're asking if somebody has played with my nipples or yeah. interacted with them, that's exactly what I'm asking. I don't, I don't believe so. I don't. No, I don't. I don't. I cannot recall anybody right, so actually doing that. Is that something though you would be? Is that something you want? Like, why do you think that your nipples have been ignored? I think it's because. You know, what female nipples are have been sexualized, whereas male nipples haven't. And I, so I think they, they, they just are part of that physical interaction, right? They enter. They're one of the body parts that we've associated. Think about, like, even ears, right? Biting ears. Like, ears you wouldn't think of as sexual in nature, but we've made them. So our culture has made them. For whatever reason, male nipples haven't entered that category. But do you want... Body parts. Do, do I personally want, want them? I don't yeah. know because you know, like, we talk about like what's the most sensitive areas, right? And I don't know if male. I haven't read like I've read things like as like the male anus is particularly sensitive, for example. So, <laughs> you know that like you, know, you go. Nope. You know, what are the areas that are more susceptible or you know to you know, touch? I haven't read anything about male nipples being particularly. Well, I have. <laughs> they are. And they are. I've been doing a lot of reading. Oh, really? Okay. I've been doing, aware of that. Yeah. So, oh, they have yeah. as many nerve endings, maybe not as much, but because uh, female boobs have more of like a, a purpose to them than male nipples, but um, male nipples have a tremendous amount of nerve endings, mm. but What's they're the largely ignored. Of male well, nipples. let me, I can we give know you, that, you know, breastfeeding, right? So what are the, what's the purpose of male nipples? I can give you uh, a, what I remember from reading on verywellhealth.com uh, in the first eight weeks of uh, what is that called? Conception. Oh, we're um, going all the way back. We're going all the way back. No, it's very interesting. Uh, everyone has an X chromosome. A girl is XX and a boy is XY. And uh, the other chromosome comes in after the eighth week so in the first eight weeks of conception like the the genes or whatever to develop nipples are there but only if it's an xx does everything else start to develop to form it one day into boobies if it's xy a boy it just stops which is why men don't have like breasts but why men have nipples because everyone has the i guess the genetic code for it but only if you're an XX does do they develop. Mm. That was my understanding. I could be wrong. I would love to have a medical expert to come like really explain. I think you do. I think you need to get the yeah the, the evolutionary, the full evolutionary explanation. But if you're saying that they've got nerve endings, then would I? I mean, I would be open to it. Let me put it that there way. we go. That's all. I was like, are. All right, we'll be open Absolutely. to it. We love it. Now, would I be open? I mean, I don't have as good as nipples as our. No, New York's governor, though, so it might be a letdown I mean, no to whoever's exposed to them. But uh, I'd be happy to uh, to explore. Well, that is a perfect <laughs> way to end our interview. George, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. Uh, it is my absolute pleasure. Thank you guys for inviting me. Really enjoyed uh, our conversation. <laughs>
Thanks for tuning in to Love in the Time of Corona. If after listening to this episode or any of our other episodes, you find yourself full of questions, full of suggestions, or if you think you would make a good guest for the podcast, please reach out to us at loveinthetimeof at gmail.com, where we will constantly be checking for potential leads. And even if you just want to send us some hate mail, we'd love that too. We'll make sure to read it out on the air because it would make us sound more interesting. Um, But now that we have that set up, we would love to hear from you and just have more content to possibly put on our future episodes. And speaking of future episodes, Alexa. I think it's love in the time of pod at gmail.com. Oh, motherfucker. No, it's fine. This is funny. Uh, (laughs) It's new. We're figuring out. Is it love? It is love in the time of pod. I, because I made it. It's love in the time of pod at gmail.com. Great. Next week, Devin and I are going into uncharted territory, an adventure we'd love for all of you to hear. Yes, we will, now that I've convinced Alexa to do it after our lovely interview with George, we are going to try some virtual speed dating, which should be very interesting, and we'll have the full debrief for you next week. So buckle up, come back, and we'll talk to you all soon. (music) 